everybody. So thankful to have you aboard as uh, we give a whirl at this maiden voyage of Soul Talks, the podcast. And I'm so thankful to have invited a friend of mine along with me on this one, and that is Zoe Hafner. So give it up for Zoe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy to be here and uh, glad that you're joining us. The Soul Healing, Soul Satisfaction team have been talking to Tammy for a long time (laughs) about starting um, a podcast and trying it out. And so this unique season that we're in of pandemic seems to be a good place to start that she has a heart, as you know, to um, just be a help, to give wisdom, to be, uh, you know, a profound voice in a season of hardship and in just navigating life. And so really thankful that she's stepping into this space, although we all feel a little ill-equipped. She uh, feels, you know, not mm-hmm. always able to answer on the fly, but she's great in this space, and we have seen her do it, and we've all been blessed and benefited from it. So I'm so thankful that you're joining us. Yeah, and so to be honest, I'm so glad to have invited Zoe because she probably knows soul healing and soul satisfaction in some ways better than I, <laughs> as she has led countless studies herself as well as helped mentor other study leaders. So she's going to help put finer points in places that I miss or can't, so... I'm excited about it. So let's dive in. As we thought about an initial topic that would, yes, apply to the times that we're in right now and also apply to absolutely every person in our lives, it is this, you know, lighthearted topic of (laughs) grief. Yeah. So the title of this one is We're All Grieving Something because we actually are. Yeah, so uh, putting together some thoughts from the video devotionals that Tammy's been providing over social media for the last few months, uh, we thought it'd be helpful to just have her step into this space and dive in a little bit deeper than the devotional allowed and uh, talk to us about what does it really mean that we're all grieving something? Yeah, I mean, I think most of us associate grief as belonging to death only and usually involving a lot of crying. But grief is really a big topic, and it refers to any thought, feeling, the behaviors connected to the loss of something. And that something does not have to be just a person. It can be the loss of a relationship, of a job, of an object, of an animal, of hair, a position, or anything else that's valued by a person. That's the key. And so for us, we got to realize grief comes with any loss, and we've all lost something. For sure, We've lost something in this unprecedented time in our world. We've all lost a sense of security, the routine of our lives, our job or income maybe, or even our ability to enjoy what normally brings life to us. But honestly, Zoe, as we think about it, on the bigger scope, even outside of this pandemic, Mm -hmm. we have to realize we live with a sense of loss even when there's not trauma, death, or tragedy happening. We have loss because we live on a broken planet. Mm. And our hearts and souls were made actually for the perfection of eternity or Eden. Mm. So every day, the true longing for that perfection, the true longing for that uh, unconditional love of true goodness, our hearts clang together those longings with the disappointments or actual heartaches of our life. It's like they smack up against one another. Mm. So the bottom line for everyone listening is that grief has already been a part of your life actually whether you've known it or not mm-hmm. yeah that I just like that that I don't know I feel like it gives a sense of 
take a breath that li- that grief really has been a part of all of our lives because it's associated with not just big loss but small mm-hmm. loss. So kind of going on that premise, how can we better recognize uh, what, what grief is? Well, grief is, it's a hard word. It's amorphous. It it's, doesn't have really good boundaries. But the way I kind of think about it, and this might be a bit vague or I don't know, but it's as, it's, it's as though it's a contemplation. It's a contemplation of what life, what this has cost us, any emotions that accompany those kind of thoughts. And it can be felt and expressed through tears and sadness, but it can also manifest through irritation, upset, anxiety, or even anger. See, because whether it's a big loss or a little one, grief is confirmation that whatever it is mattered to you. Mm. And it also underscores that this is not the way life is supposed to go. I know we all feel that. Nowhere is that felt more than untimely death. But it's so clear that abuse, betrayal, cancer, rejection, murder, and all other clear wrongs, they cause us to grieve that this is not how things were supposed to be. It isn't. And we grieve that. So even in smaller ways, we grieve the state of our marriage when it's not the picture that I had in my mind. Or we grieve the disappointment of a friend when he or she hurts us. See, all of that is under the category of grief. And while challenging, we do better with realizing life is riddled with it rather than feeling like it's an interruption to life. Mm. So the picture you're painting is really that grief is broad and kind of all-encompassing of life, not just moments here and there. I feel like as Christians, I've noticed that perhaps we have uh, a hard time imagining um, what it feels like. I feel like subconsciously for me that I felt like if I was a stronger believer, I would somehow bypass like the deep pain and anguish of grief that I'd be able to get to happy a lot quicker and easier. Yeah. Part of why we're beginning, honestly, these potential podcasts with grief is because it is ubiquitous. It's misunderstood. We so often misinterpret grief. Really, it can lead us to tough or stuck places if we misinterpret it. So a right understanding can actually be quite relieving. Uh, So say some more about that. How do we misinterpret grief? Oh, we misinterpret as all kinds of things, like our view of God, our understanding of mental health, our perspective on life. So for instance, we can misinterpret grief to be like, God's not coming through for me like he said he would, or God's hurting me on purpose in all sorts of unintentional ways, or I'm a bad Christian for not being happy, or something's wrong with me, something's wrong with my faith, I'm too weak of a Christian, or my faith isn't strong enough, things like that. That's how we can misinterpret grief. Yeah, those are so good. I so remember wrestling over thoughts like, you know, God's not coming through for me, so how can I really trust him? Is he even Mm. real? Is he as powerful as I thought he was? Because, you know, if he is... Why did he let this terrible thing happen? How can he say that he loves me? Mm-hmm. I definitely wrestled with what's wrong with me. Not only maybe was I a weak Christian, but was I his at all? Uh, people said things like, you know, God won't give you more than you can handle. Mm. Yet yeah. deep inside, I knew how much I was struggling. This is so good. Yeah, and you're just doing such a great job of sort of uh, putting words to lots of errant, quote unquote, Christian beliefs. And those kinds of things have also led to another practice that is misaligned with God. And it's this, that many Christians tend to shove it down. Mm. But I have to be Mm -hmm. honest, there's nothing Christian about shrugging off loss. Hmm. Some of us withhold from grieving. 
And in soul healing, I talk about how shoving hurts down regularly is like putting them in an armoire or even trying to hold a beach ball underwater. But here's a reality about emotions. Okay, see if you can follow here. You can't put just one emotion down. You don't get to pick. Mm. You can't crush down one emotion. You can only crush down your emotions. Well, that's good. So when we try to avoid the hard feelings of like sadness or pain or hurt and betrayal, you don't just cut off the lows when you do so. It's like they pivot together. I don't know how to say it. With the highs and the lows, when you truncate the bottom, you truncate the top as well. And you take the highs with them and wonder why your range of emotional expression Mm. can become so stunted. Like if you're a person that's like others in the room or like everyone's crying or everyone's laughing and I can't feel anything. Mm. That might be a sign that you're a person who is unwittingly maybe even shoving it down on such a regular basis that it's become reflexive. And we got to be careful because we can end up in depression or stuck in some other way. Mm, So good. I'm so glad that we're talking Mm -hmm. about this and opening up this conversation that I think will just give so much grace to those who are experiencing deep, uh, big or little griefs. So I feel like kind of what you're saying, too, is like so putting on that like I'm fine face and not allowing myself to feel or express the ups and downs of uh, emotional grief that that's not healthy for our souls. Right. Mm -hmm. Not at all, because it's denying the very reality that Jesus talked to us about in John 16, 33. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. Do you hear it? Jesus Mm -hmm. straight up told Mm -hmm. us, hey, guys. It's going to be a rough go. Yeah, I kind of don't like that. <laughs> but then he says, in the same breath, take heart. I have overcome the world. He's, mm-hmm. he's letting us know. It's hard times. There's grief coming your way. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 53, 3, he was prophesied as a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. Even in the prophesied coming of our Messiah in Isaiah, he was sent to bind up brokenhearted, proclaim freedom for captives, release from darkness for prisoners, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion. You know, we hear that, that he wants to give us beauty instead of ashes, joy instead of mourning, mm-hmm. a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's scriptures replete with it. Matthew 5 yeah. says, blessed are all those who mourn for, for they'll be comforted. Even the very names of the Holy Spirit is called the comforter. Yeah. Jesus' presence with us is the comforter. So it seems very clear to me, we need a lot of comfort down here. Mm-hmm. I think about all the times when he says things like, come to me, all you who are weary, and I'll give you rest for your soul. In Isaiah 40, again, the prophetic utterances comfort comfort oh my people mm-hmm. in psalm 40 he gathers us tenderly as you know little lambs psalm 91 we're sheltered under his wings it's just it's the scriptures are just telling us yeah. we need so much comfort and it is the opposite of what you just did a great job explaining of the strong christian false picture mm-hmm. and i say that uh phrase in quotes the strong christian yeah false picture goodness gracious there's a book in the bible called lamentations for pete's sake (laughs) (laughs) to lament right to grieve god knew that would be a huge part of our lives so maybe for you listeners that's what someone needs to know right now is that it is okay that you are struggling and that there is comfort for you in christ Mm -hmm. maybe that's why you even turned this on that you needed to be reminded right now that there is grace for your mm-hmm. struggle and mm-hmm. there is comfort for you in Jesus. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, I'm going to turn the tables on you a bit, Zoe, and I'm going to let the listeners know that you've had a couple of significant losses in your life in addition to the smaller ones that we all face. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I wondered if you don't mind, would you be willing to share your experience a bit about how grief has changed you and even allowed you to know uh, the comfort of Jesus? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, one of the first things that comes to mind is pretty immediately, quickly, I became really aware that uh, we have no idea what people are going through. Mm. I remember I wanted to wear a sign for a long time mm. that said, my child died. And so I think that mm. my heart started to really soften toward people yeah. in just a general way, in a general sense of like, I'm so sorry. Like, I wonder what happened to you. Mm. Um, but that, that's been a part of my journey. Mm. Um, I wasn't prepared for how dark and disorienting and painful grief can be. Um, how hard it is to pay attention to anything. Uh, it seems that everything had to first go through this filter of deep loss and pain. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I still long for perfection. Mm-hmm. I still long for things to right. be right. I still, I want that. Yeah. And yet so often I feel like I get in this space of, well, that didn't really turn out like I wanted or I hoped, but nobody died, so we're all good. Mm. Like I have a little default in me that just goes right there. Nobody wow. died, so we're good. Yeah. Um, I didn't know I would wrestle so much with my faith, mm. questioning God and questioning our relationship. Um, I didn't know that I would never be the same. Yeah. And I kind of... Uh, hate knowing that bad things can really happen to me. Um, But I also didn't know how sweetly Jesus would meet me. Mm. I would say that my relationship with him definitely went from savior to closest friend. Mm. I discovered that wrestling, you know, it's a contact sport. (laughs) 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 That he really is the present Mm. with us, God. That he only pins us down to tell us how deeply he loves us. I discovered that he knew my heart when I didn't even have words to explain to anyone at all how I felt. Uh, He profoundly let me know, I see you and I'm with you in this every minute. Uh, He's been my comforter like nobody else can be. Mm. I discovered (laughs) that he's a healer that never forgets. Mm. I love the history that I have with him now of knowing his grace is timely. Um, He meets me in random places of sadness um, that perhaps I wasn't even anticipating just to let me know. I'm here. I knew it was coming. Mm. I haven't forgotten. And he gets me through the days uh, when I'm looking ahead and think, I just can't go there. Mm. And yet he brings me to the other side. You know that I've heard you, Tammy, talk a lot about, you know, daily bread and we don't get Mm. tomorrow's Mm. bread. We have, you know, bread and grace Mm. for today. Mm. And so in the moment, in the day, um, his grace comes and he carries us through to the other side. Um, I know that I really started taking the things that I enjoy um, at, you know, sweet surprises as direct gifts straight from his heart to mine. 
um, just because he knows that we both enjoy them, like a magnificent <laughs> sunset or the tide along the shore or the wind in the trees or the cheeks on a baby. <laughs> I feel like he puts them there just for me hmm. and that he's just waiting for me to see it and enjoy it with him. Hmm. Wow. I'm more watchful now, more expectant, right? right. Um, knowing that just as um, grief and hard things can come unexpectedly that joy also comes mm. and that's waiting for us. And that just around the corner, there's joy as well. And that we have a choice. I mean, I can, I can lay down and give up. It's a real choice. I could do that. But God, mm. I believe has more for me. And with his strength, I want to go a step at a time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing mm -hmm. that. I, it's really good. It's really good because you're such a good example and giving us a good picture that one of the things we have to do in grief to see him near is to attribute the things that are going on in our lives that are in some way meeting us, life-giving to us, speaking our mm -hmm. language, attribute them yes. to God. Yes. It's not happenstance. Mm -hmm. Right. That song didn't just come on the radio. Right. That bird didn't just fly where you, you know, it, it's like he is a mm -hmm. God who meets in every way. So thank you mm -hmm. for reminding us that attributing, saying that was God is such a good yeah. picture for us. And, and it is. It's true. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and it's and it's huge for us to pair this mm -hmm. with grief because it is important to realize the goal of grief, the goal of the grief process is not getting normal and ceasing to hurt. Mm -hmm. that's but I really think good. that's where the default goes. Everyone just thinks like, just get me back to normal. We can't go back to pre-lost times. Mm -hmm. Right? And so it's not getting back to normal and ceasing to hurt. Rather the aim, and I wrote this down because I knew I'd be pretty emotional after you shared. <laughs> the aim is to appropriately remember who or what is lost to gain a deeper dependence on God and to establish deeper connections with other people and more fully grasp the hope of heaven. Mm -hmm. So, so often grief filled ruminations and cries, you know, they make people uncomfortable because they're filled with why questions. I mean, just like you shared with us. And so in the anger of mourning or even just the upset of losing something, even something small, so often we end up asking God why this happened and further why things are the way they are. I know I have so many unanswered questions still about my dad's death, mm -hmm. even though I also have so much peace in it. It's the nature of being human. So even back to the time that we're living in right now, so many of us are struggling with how God could possibly be in charge, right, or in control and working with this whole, you know, worldwide virus. But as in all things, God allows this and is allowing it to be filtered through his fingers of love. Mm -hmm. So because of that, this season can allow us to gain a deeper dependence on God as well as better relationships with others. And for sure, it makes the idea of a heaven with no fear or death or anxiety or division or dissension or name calling or pol politicization. Doesn't it make that very, very attractive right now? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I don't know how often I catch myself saying, you know, <laughs> Jesus, are you coming yeah. now? Like, <laughs> I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> you know, just you just longing. looked at your watch like you do right? that a lot. <laughs> I know. Like, okay, it's, yeah, time, it's time. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, I, I just sit with you in that space of, yeah, longing for shalom, longing for peace and a perfect, you know, a perfect place of rest, a perfect place of being, 
uh, you know, standing on the ground of heaven where mm. there's nothing between us. Um, yeah. Well, you, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, you once shared with me a quote uh, you got from, I think, maybe Larry Crabb. And it says, uh, grief that acknowledges and anguishes over the bitter experience of life will result in a longing for the future. Oh, and that's where I don't know. Uh, if listeners are sitting there, but that's where I'm sitting and it sounds like you are as well, that one of the goals of grief is that our hope for the future is intensified while life on earth is more deeply felt and experienced. So can't you feel it? Like every time I experience more hurt, for instance, Mm -hmm. I can literally feel that longing growing in me. Yeah. Like I'm aching for it. Yeah. I'm seriously aching for it. And the picture in Revelation, it just becomes all the more a craving of mine. In Revelation 21, he says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And here it is. This is where my longing just wells up. Mm-hmm. He will wipe every mm-hmm. tear from their eyes. Yeah. There will be no more death or mourning or mm-hmm. crying or pain. Can you even imagine? I can't. For the old order of things has passed away. And then he, it says, he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Thank you. And then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. I can't, I can't even imagine no more miscommunications Mm -hmm. in my marriage. (laughs) No more tragedies of my friend's houses burning or marriages Mm -hmm. breaking up. Mm -hmm. No more sleepless nights, broken dreams or shattered hopes. No more even worrying depression, fear, no relational challenge. Can you, can we imagine no trouble finding God, no concern with whether we're good enough, no obsessing over whether I'm better or worse than no comparing, no time of the month, (laughs) (laughs) you know, all sorts of things, no hurt feelings, no pornography, no weeds in the long, no Mm. tendonitis, no dashed hopes, no more hurt. Mm. Mm. Everything will be made new. So, yeah, think about grief, and it allows us to think about joining in that place where our hearts are sad because we don't have the fullness of heaven with us yet. And then there's joy Mm -hmm. because the heaven that we long for is real and it's coming, right? Right, right. Uh, We can know that with confidence. (laughs) So grief, it involves this being sad and also full of hope and joy at the same time. Yes, and we talked about it in the devotional that all of life is lived on two rails. It's like we're a train and the train is going down the track and it has to have two rails, joy and grief, right alongside each other. And it allows us to focus on both rather than keep that we keep thinking one shouldn't be there, right? Mm -hmm. And typically those who are grieving, I mean, if we pay attention, we can still experience moments of happiness. This is how grief is different from depression. Mm. where even brief glimpses of happiness are rare. Yeah, I really like that picture of the, you know, grief and joy riding, you know, riding on the rails of that. But um, so how can how can we tell the difference between like normal grieving and depression? Like when does one go into the other? Yeah, that's a hard question because grief can often become complicated. But basically it's the idea when there is a persistence of the inability to experience uh, even moments of joy for way longer than it should be. And in general, this is just my definition of depression, and maybe some of my colleagues might argue with it, but what I found is that depression is occurring when your want to can't do what your want to wants to do. 
I want mm-hmm. to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. I want to read my Bible today. I want to reach out to my friend. I want to clean the bathroom. And when you find yourself incapable, literally, where your will can't rise above, that's often a time when, you know, depression is sinking in, either circumstantial depression or maybe even careening down into chemical depression. So Mm. when you don't engage grief, when you don't engage in the grief that life brings, see, we lose our ability to connect with life in a meaningful way. But here's the good news. If you deal with your grief properly, It shrinks to the right size. And instead of impairing your life, you actually come to life in a way and bring others to life. Mm. I've seen this in you, Zoe, that honestly facing disappointments can lead us to embrace the true God. He calls us also to love and give. We've got to choose to allow grief to change our lives and make us people of hope who Mm -hmm. are available to comfort and encourage. God calls us to love him and to love others. We've got to move beyond depression, denial, cynicism, or ignorance towards availability. Hmm. This is the result of accepting the fact that we live in a broken world, that we ourselves are broken, and it means we still worship God even though life here is difficult. So what I'm trying to say in all this is even though life may be mixed with suffering, grief allows us to be a person that can still reach out to others if we allow ourselves to go through the grieving process. That even though others are broken, I can still move towards them in love. Yeah, that's really great. Uh, It's so that, you know, reflects 2 Corinthians that um, those who are comforted in all their troubles by a wonderful Heavenly Father can then turn around and comfort others with the comfort that they have received. Um, I love what you said, though, about, you know, just the being available. Hmm. Uh, That I feel often in grief... um, it's the presence of another person. It's not, yeah, right. they can't, I mean, I feel like that was one thing I learned, mm-hmm. like nobody can actually fix me. Mm. Um, that there can be wise counsel, there can be help, but often just the availability of somebody to sit beside you and mm-hmm. be with you um, was really um, profound. Yeah, and I've seen you do this beautifully for others. So what we're trying to say here is that if we, if we actually engage God, with our doubts, our fears, and depression that come as a result of being in a broken planet, that we can find greater dependence upon him and perhaps greater trust in him. That grieving allows us to have a deeper connection with the Lord if we will truly move towards him in it. We can reach out to him with more desperation through his word, for the entire Bible was given to help us answer this question of how do we live in a world where sin and death persist? Mm-hmm. How, so how can we like, how do we actually then like cooperate with God and grief? You're so great at giving us like practical things and things that really like our feet on the ground that can really help us. How do we cooperate with God and grief? Yeah. And that is a really hard process because it's so unique to each person. And yet there are some tangible sort of, you know, processes or, you know, states that we go through. But the, the bottom line is that there's no right or wrong way to grieve. Mm-hmm. It just all comes under the rubric of honest engagement, mm-hmm. that we're honestly engaging God in our souls. We're honestly engaging how sad or even angry or just beyond hopeless or frustrated with things that have gone on in our lives. Mm -hmm. So one of the suggestions I'll say that is the most practical one that I've seen for grieving is (laughs) to ride the wave. Truly, grief waxes and wanes. So I promise you that, yes, when when it grows, boy, it can feel like it is going to take 
you under. But if you can think about it like, okay, even though this is an interruption to my day, this is an interruption to my really nice time, this, I don't have time for this, I got to go to work. If we actually let it come and ride the wave, guess what happens? It does, it does diminish. And so Mm -hmm. really, truly try to ride the wave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love what you said, just the honest engagement, like God can handle it. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> he can handle our, you know, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Where are you? Are you real? Like I felt like his shoulders are big and broad and wide and he invites us mm-hmm. to rest in that place with him and to wrestle over it. And this honest, I feel like giving ourselves permission to yeah. just say what's on our heart. Like he knows it anyway. Yeah. So just go ahead and say it. So I like that, that honest engagement and riding the wave. Um, Another great picture from uh, Soul Satisfaction. You did a, oh, I love your words around grief in that book particular, Soul Satisfaction. But this picture that you painted of, um, you know, uh, a platter that's just filled with like, the most (laughs) delicious, inviting, beautiful, good for me, nutritious foods and like ready to dive in. But there's this icky, like dirty, muddy, hairy Mm. rock on the side (laughs) of the plate. It's like hairy. Yeah, I know, because that's really (laughs) gross if there's hair in it. (laughs) But I, you know, that I have the choice then, like, do I just get rid of the whole plate like I just put it all aside Mm -hmm. because I can't stand the sight of that muddy dirty rock or do I see that the rock is there and also see that there's so much blessing there's so much Mm -hmm. good for me there's so much that I can taste and see and experience and ingest that is of the goodness of God Mm -hmm. and So I want to just encourage that we do that, you know, like, okay, it it was just so profound to me to have that picture in my head, right? There's great stuff, there's blessing, and there's grief. Right beside it. Right beside it. Simultaneously, the both and space of joy and grief, like you've said. And the question for us really, as you've just said so well, is will we feast? Mm-hmm. Or will yeah. we let the presence of something that is uncomfortable, unseemly, challenging, even upsetting, will we let that totally spoil all the goodness that there is to have because of this one thing, or will we feast? And that mm-hmm. is a, that is a reality of our daily lives. There are always things going wrong in our lives, but there are always things of abundance where God is meeting and providing. And are we going to be able to, to uh, tolerate the grief That's the thing. We have to become wise at tolerating the grief. So to that point, there's another picture that I like to think about. And and grief becomes, if you actually engage it, like we're encouraging you to do and really explore it and understand and just know that you have it, it becomes like a backpack that you wear. You know, like Mm -hmm. I know what's in my backpack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just interesting to think about, you know, sometimes people might look and say, hey, what's in that backpack? And you have a choice Mm -hmm. whether you want to open it up and let them see it. And some days the backpack is so heavy, just like a real backpack, really heavy. And then sometimes just like a real backpack, you wouldn't even know it's here. Forget it's there and you sit on it, you know, Mm -hmm. because you're just like, oh, yeah, I forget that that's a part of me. See, that's what grief can become. That's a picture of what healthy grief is like. A picture of unhealthy grief is more like a smell, like Mm. that's everywhere. 
Okay. So like you get out of your car, you go to work, and you're like, what? There it is again. <laughs> what is that smell? And it's like everywhere you go. So it's like this malaise that's over everything, mm. like this grayness that's over top of your life. And that might be actually a backward sign to you to maybe engage a little more specifically the idea of the losses in your life, right? Because in this way, exactly what we're talking about, one of the goals of grief is that it will free your heart. It will. Mm -hmm. The idea of it going from a smell to a backpack is actually quite encouraging and relieving. So, yeah, there's so many things that we're saying here implicit in what we're saying. We're saying things like grieving softens the heart if we'll let it. Mm -hmm. Grieving makes us more capable in other people's lives if we'll engage it. Mm -hmm. Grief in these ways uh, can actually make us better. Yeah. Grieving. And that's just a hard concept for so many people because to our core, we are pain avoiders. Right. Everything about our society right. pushes us that way. But even just by listening for these few minutes and engaging the Lord with the losses that you have, and some of you, I'm so sorry, you have so much loss. And others of you are thinking, oh, I really haven't had that much go wrong in my life, but maybe for you to engage that, yeah, your daily life is filled with losses, that there's a certain sense in which you can begin, even in a small way, to sense hope rising. Because here's the reality. Mm -hmm. You can be who you were meant to be only if you deal with the real life head on with Jesus. If we don't deal with real life head on with Jesus, we're not going to be fully the person that he's put us here to be. Mm. So we all have got to accept that we have big losses and we have little losses. And we have to accept the feelings that result from those. You're not going to be exempt from that. So don't misinterpret it. Don't misassign it. You're, you're just grieving. Mm -hmm. I'll never mm -hmm. forget I was talking with someone and she was trying to figure out what's going on. And I reminded her that you have had some difficult losses in your life in the past couple of years. And she goes, oh, okay, it's just grief. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it was actually relieving to her. Yeah. So give yourself the grace of that and understand, folks, there is always purpose in the pain when we engage mm -hmm. it with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that there is purpose in it, that it is not for naught, that it's not a waste of your life or a waste of time, but there's great purpose in it. Mm -hmm. You know, we have another um, sister, Christ lover in our city who has um, also experienced, you know, deep loss in this year. And I loved how she referred to pain recently as exquisite, precious pain. Wow. I just thought, right, it's something that we really don't ever want to invite into our life. We try really hard to avoid it. But the work that it can do in our heart, um, the work that it can do with the presence of God um, beside us to reshape and heal, um, the work that it can do to bless the people around us, I think, right, exquisite, mm. precious pain. Yeah, so mm -hmm. that's so good. Yeah. Gosh, it's been so good to be together today. Mm -hmm. And uh, Zoe, I really pre mm -hmm. appreciate your insight and your partnership here. So I just want to say that no matter what you are grieving, dear one, whether it's a tragic loss mm -hmm. or even just understanding you have a lot of daily little griefs, maybe in your home, maybe in your workplace, you can always take comfort that God holds you near, mm -hmm. that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's Hebrews 13, 5, that he holds your every tear in a bottle, mm -hmm. Psalm 56, 8, that he's near 
all the time. So I just want to pray that God, would you please just every person that's hearing the sound of my voice, that they would have sensed you meeting them there, that, that he or she has a sense of you being a God that meets us all in the place of pain and says it's not just to feel pain. There can be purpose. There can be richness that comes out of these painful places. But that's only when we seek you, oh God. So I just pray that everybody here that uh, is hearing these words and has listened to any portion of this, that you would, by by your spirit right now, just seal in them what you wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say thank you for ones that have been willing to tackle such a hard topic and to be willing to go to the hard spaces by faith in you as the faithful one who will be with everyone who seeks you. And so I thank you for these ones seeking you and pray your blessing over them even now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.